Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Fueled by the Outdoors podcast. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe, tell us what you think in the comment section, and leave us a review. I just hammered a good one. Dropped the Asher. Never seen that deer before. It's a tough pill to swallow after having that deer at 18 yards. Two, one. Welcome to Fueled by the Outdoors. We're your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. What's up, guys? And we are joined tonight by Josh Luck. The forever third wheel. Hello, everyone. And uh, up to my right is Tyler Westell. Westell, right? Westo, yes, that's correct. All right, got it right. Uh, you've been on the podcast once before. Yes, sir. Uh, I think we broke down a deer hunt of yours last year, pretty successful. But tonight we wanted to have you on because we were we're kind of doing a scouting series. We did uh, one last week, and we'll be doing you know obviously this one. And you've had success in killing in multiple states, and we want to kind of pick your brain this evening. All right, sounds good. Good so, deal. first off, um, how many bucks did you kill last year? I killed three bucks last year. Three? Okay. Man, I thought it was like five or six. I, it felt like he killed a buck every week for a month or more. Yes, it was a, it was a busy first uh, couple of weeks of November, that's for sure. You weren't kidding. Um, so that's three bucks in three different states, right? Uh, I killed one in Indiana, uh, one in Illinois. Actually, I killed two in Indiana, one in Illinois, and I shot one in Ohio and we recovered it. Man, I remember that. that was, I do too. I literally got out of the tree and I look at my phone and he's like, check this out. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you shot one too. Sweet. Um, so... Let's start off with um, your your Illinois hunt. What really, and keep in mind, anything that you feel like is too revealing, you, mm-hmm. you can write that down and tell me and I'll edit it out where, I don't know how many of these you've listened to that we do, but I can assure you that public land spots are sacred amongst the brethren so we don't spot uh, burn here. we don't do anything yeah we're not professional spot burners so uh, we don't do anything to mess with that i've got places that they know about that like i've got videos i probably sent it to you where it's dreamy footage and i refuse to put it on the internet because once i do 
my life is over and there's no reason to be alive anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so walk us through your decision to haunt Illinois, uh, why you chose that and whatever you can tell us about your strategy there. All right. Um, so I picked Illinois cause my buddy had a cabin out there and he was going to let me hunt his private property. And I just was looking around the area and I just, I liked it. It looked good. And then I don't think that uh, he, I guess his dad was going to be coming up. So he wasn't going to let anyone hunt that week. So I was like, all right, I was finding a new spot. And he was like, oh, no, there's a bunch of public. Once you come over here and just hunt across the street. And I ended up finding a place about two hours away. And uh, the terrain just reminded me of where I shot my 158 at. Okay. So, and it just, it's one of those spots that just looks like that people don't want to get into. Hmm. I, I think I sent the pin to you, Chris. You, you did. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I think there's only like two access spots in there. And it's just, uh, it looks shitty. Like, yeah, it's, I don't <laughs> care who you are and how tough you are or tough you think you are. It looks like a shitty time. Yeah. Uh, waiters, waiters were involved a couple days. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so I actually took my uncle out there with me and, uh, we went out there and we got there two hours before the sun sets. And we, so we were like, well, we're going to get out there do a little bit of scouting the day before. So we get out there and scout and there's absolutely no sign. Like there's just not even a deer track. And I was like, well, we just got to get to the center of this property. And my uncle was looking at me and I could just tell. He's just like, what did I get? <laughs> we get out here to the center of the property and we just, there's just trails just cut everywhere. And this property is surrounded by lots of, lots of ag. And uh, so we do our scouting. Didn't really see a whole lot, but I mean, there was, there was some good potential sign in there. And, uh, Hung some cameras. I one camera that I want to mention that I hung, I hung about 450 yards from a parking lot on a trail to the parking lot. Um, so next day we get out there, we go. Uh, I had a spot picked out. I get out there and uh, get up in the tree, and it's just just pretty much dead. I mean, just seeing yearlings, seeing a couple of does here and there, not much. Um, so that, uh, what, what time, what time of year was this Tyler? This was on November 4th. I was there from, uh, or this was Wait. November 1st. I was you, there from the 1st to the 4th. Are you okay in Illinois? This is in Illinois. Okay. All right. Okay. So out there, uh, the second day, first morning, I guess. And, uh, not seeing what I want to see. So I spent the rest of the afternoon pretty much just scouting on foot. I've already, I already did all my, e I mean, I did a lot of e-scouting. I pretty much broke down the property looking at uh, old fence rows, um, just looking at different types of vegetation that's in there, your transition lines, um, creeks, waterways, whatever's, you know, all that's looking at all that. Um, Can I ask you a question? Without yeah without letting on too much the the trick you taught me 
with the fence rows. Is that something we can talk about? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's common knowledge. I don't know if it, it is or it, not. It could be for most people, but keep in mind that um, I didn't know it. So you <laughs> you go nuts and talk about it if you feel comfortable, and uh, maybe somebody else will get to learn something. All right. So I use Google Pro Maps a lot, mm -hmm. and there, there's a feature in there for the history, and you can go back. I don't know, 20 years maybe. And I like to go back uh far as you can and you can just see what used to be fields or what used to be, you know, you find those old fence rows so you can find your mature trees. Especially like when I'm hunting down in uh here in southern Indiana, you're hunting river bottoms and whatnot. I like to find those mature trees. You gotta be able to hang a stand, you know. Mm -hmm. Sure. Into is all, all saplings. Um but I feel like that. I feel like a lot of the deer they they use those transition lines and they travel. So when you go back in the history, a couple of years, you could see where those fence rows were, or are, and where they should be. You know, I drop pins in those. I find where you can find uh, where they intersect. You get you know four tree lines that intersect right there in a corner or whatever. That's that's spots that I like to check out for scrape lines, whatnot. But uh, all right. So, where this? I was back at the second day. Um, I spent that day scouting. I just didn't feel like I was in the right area at all. Um, and it really wasn't going that well the first first two days. Um, after that scouting on the second day, third day, I really got into to what I was looking for. And on the second evening too, I started getting to what I was looking for. Just no, didn't have any good opportunities on shots. Um, well, uh, what kind of stuff were you specifically looking for? Was this like fresh rubs, fresh grapes, or? Yeah, I mean, I was just looking for those high traffic areas where you had multiple trails that intersected. That's okay. That's that's really what I look for, um, especially right mm -hmm. in the beginning of November. You get those bucks that are. I feel like they're in those high traffic areas that are, they're just looking for does it's just scent checking all those trails okay found the first down one side of yeah. them um so your thought was, going in is get those high traffic areas especially if it's an area you're, you're you don't know or maybe in for the first time especially yeah, that, you know during that first week in november and then because it's such high traffic you may help increase your odds of running into a good buck there is that kind of your thought yeah that's it's pretty much what i've why I'm thinking for that. Okay. Um, I don't know where I was going with that one, but uh, you you basically were saying that you finally kind of found what you were looking for and got into it, didn't have any shot opportunities. Um, yeah, and then so, you got into the third day, I think. Yeah, I got uh, ended up hunting a high traffic area that I liked, and I set my uncle up in an uh an area and he ended up he ended up seeing a pretty nice buck and wasn't able to get a shot on him he was still getting ready got mm. in a little got in a little late and he was actually hunting on the ground and uh i text him i was like i was like is a deer blowing at you i just just i mean just going crazy just blowing every every couple seconds 
and uh, he ended up coming by me, and uh, I didn't have a good shot at him. Um, but that that morning, I that camera that I set up on the uh, trail, 400 yards from the parking lot, that camera all morning was going crazy. I mean, just buck after buck after buck walking down this trail. Wow! And I just and we saw a car park down there the day before, so I was like. That's weird. It's like, I'm gonna think I'm gonna go check that out tomorrow. So I went over there and I, I hunted this spot. And I mean, I'm hunting five, five feet off this trail, 400 yards, 450 yards from the parking lot. Sun comes up. There's deer moving through the woods right away on that trail, just one oh, after another. It was just wow. insane. And uh, I had a decent eight pointer come in. I called. I actually rattled him in, and I had a decoy underneath my tree sitting about 50, uh, probably 10 yards off the tree kind of uh angled a little bit i had the that day the wind was coming directly into my face so uh and i had a waterway i don't know how to really i don't want to describe it too much but i had water in front of me that was they they weren't really wanting to pass it cross over it too much um so it was probably around 10 30 in the morning and uh i just heard some grunting coming from from to my right and i just instantly knew when i heard that grunting it was just it wasn't like you know like like a little little buck coming down the trail and i stand up look over my shoulder and here here comes this uh 10 point just walking right down right down right to me and i'm gonna have a perfect like eight yard shot right in front of me Jeez. <laughs> and i'm just sitting there just and I'm, I'm starting to get pretty nervous i'm getting my tacticam turned on trying to get everything situated and uh he stopped at 22 yards and it looks like he's looking directly at me and i'm like what is he looking at and i was like i looked down it's a decoy he uh, completely froze when he saw the decoy. Really? He froze. You had a decoy out? Yeah, I bought one of those 3D Montana decoys. And I, I told myself I would never use a decoy again. Uh, four years before that, I had a 140-inch 10-point. I mean, he, he was he was coming dead into me, and he uh, saw that decoy, and he didn't even take a second. He blew and took off running. I had the wind going straight behind me, and he didn't. I left that decoy there. I put it back in the bag and left it in the parking lot. <laughs> for someone. someone took it. So someone out there is using that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know this part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He, so well, that froze up. He completely froze. And this is day four. And uh we're we're supposed to be leaving that day. And I was I was planning <laughs> on coming back the next week because I was like four days it's gonna take me a little bit to learn the property mm -hmm. sure and i mean this he's a 135 inch 10 point first out-of-state buck day four that's I, I, I was pretty I, awesome man so 22 yards i i felt really comfortable about the shot i don't know if i sent you the footage chris but mm -mm. i mean there was there was a, a little window and uh probably not the best shot uh choice 
but I quartered two pretty good. I I wasn't even aiming for vitals. It was white patch. Mm. Aiming for the white patch. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. So, twenty-two yards. I mean, I, you know, not a great shot take. I took that shot. Um, that deer ran about forty yards, stopped, and just, you could just see blood just pouring out. I think he made it about three hundred yards after that forty yards after he stopped. Oh my god! Wow. But he disappeared to where I couldn't see him. So we actually backed out. I back out. And I get a text from my uncle, and he tells me that he just shot a 140 also on the same trail. But seriously, yeah, yeah, he he told me he shot a 140, but he was we we never found that deer. He <sighs> that deer at the base of the tree when he shot, and he thought he thought it was a good shot. And he he was kicking himself, you know, he should have waited, he knew he should have waited, but uh. He told me it was 140. We jumped that deer up. That deer was not 140. And when I saw that deer, I asked him again, I was like, how big was that deer? He said, that's probably the biggest deer I've ever shot. And he's got so, 150s, 160s. Yeah, I remember yeah. talking to you it, about this. It was it was giant. In case anybody's wondering, I have a pin for sale for 5K. <laughs> um, <laughs> email me. No. Um, wow, dude. That's a – and, you know, it's so funny. Um when you talk to anybody that's hunting out of state, go on YouTube and watch people's hunts, whether it's elk, mule deer, whatever, day four, five, six, that's when they that's when they start getting into them. So this kind of has me excited that we're scouting for three days before our Western hunt. Yeah. Uh, we've got three days, three and a quarter, three and a half days to kind of go scout that way. You know, maybe opening day or the second day will kind of be – in the thick of things a little bit. Wow, that's that's pretty good, man, to have two really good bucks. I mean, those aren't – once you get to that 130, 135 range, that's a pretty good deer. Um, that's not just like you're – I mean, really even a Pope – I always tell people Pope and Young is what they should try to achieve, um, you know, out of state because, you know, like we just talked about, you, you can't just go scout there all summer and run cams and, and do all this stuff. You gotta, you gotta get it done in a matter of a few mm -hmm. days and, and you're not, you know, at home in your bed, eating great food. You're eating shitty gas station food and fast food. <laughs> yeah. and, and that's, if you're kind of lucky, um, some of my trips, backpacking uh, food, Rick's Rick's brothers feeding fucking <laughs> expired trash that he he's like wait until after the meal to tell me it's expired and i'm the like, ramen noodles oh dude i'm shiting my brains out for like three days straight I'm like dude what are you doing feeding us expired food and now he has stomach issues so he probably did that to himself but uh yeah that's uh that's really impressive man um it, it sounds like you're very your tax uh tactics seem to be very like geographically oriented and uh just basically trying to put yourself in position with the uh, the topography um and then obviously you know thinking about well i mean i guess you tried to think about traffic until you hunted a five minute walk from the parking lot but but there again i think yeah. that's something that a lot of people overlook 
I, well, it is. I've, I've learned that lesson before. Uh, we, we have a piece of public here in Indiana and we put a camera underneath the, underneath a bridge on public and, uh, the deer wow. used that bridge like a highway in November. Wow. And my buddy, I think he was going to hunt there one day and he decided not to. And he, what he let one of his friends go out. And I want to say that he shot a deer the first day out there. And it was like, a it was either a 162 or a 167 Ooh. the first day. Yeah. I'm telling you, I could throw a rock and hit a car driving by on the bridge. Wow. wow. Yeah. Man, so I, that, I got, I got a question with regards to hunting Illinois, and this is, you know, mainly due to ignorance. Um, now, obviously, when you start getting into some of those bigger buck states, Illinois being one of them, uh, I mean, within the past few years, does that require um, entering draw? Does that, or is they still doing over the counter tag? How does that work uh, for hunting a state like that? So it's an over counter the tag, and. Uh... I saw my tag right here. It's a, you get a buck and a doe tag and it is $176. How much? 476. Yeah. Not the worst. I thought it was over 500, but that's, that's still a very expensive tag when you line it up against basically any other state besides Kansas and Iowa or, um, Colorado is expensive. It's like 500 bucks to kill a deer there, but you're generally killing mule deer. Um, from what I hear, you can pretty much hunt whitetails anywhere out West. Like people, of course, besides the one place that I have permission on <laughs> 13,000 acres, it's bigger than half the public land that I hunt. And he won't let me hunt whitetails. <laughs> I'm like, no, son of a bitch. But it's all right. We've got we've got some texts sent out to him this year. Hopefully he'll let us. That's in that's a Nebraska spot. Um thinking yeah, about I, trying. I, Go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You you finished your thought, Chris. Uh thinking about hitting up the old North Dakota after our conversation today. Yeah, the Dakotas look kind of nice. And, you know, since the whitetails are over the counter, you could probably get away with hunting out there. I shouldn't even be saying this shit on this podcast. You could be probably getting, a bad idea. You could be getting away with a whitetail hunt, and while you're out there, scout your muleys, figure out, you know, what you want to do mule deer-wise, and then draw. Pretty much everybody draws from what I understand for mule deer so um might be something we think about for next season Mm -hmm. could be so you go from illinois and then do you go to indiana or do you head to ohio um actually i went back right after that evening after i shot that deer um we went back to indiana um so we left left indiana or left illinois on the fourth in the evening got back um i hunted out there back in Indiana for a little bit. Um, November 8th, my fiance, she, uh, I set stands for her. She has it. She has it pretty easy. I set all kinds of <laughs> hang ons up. And, uh, <laughs> she just goes and picks which stand she's going to hunt on which day. And, uh, I, I help her out, you know, with the wind and whatnot. And she ended up shooting her 
biggest uh, eight pointer with a crossbow on the eighth, and then uh, nice. November November ninth. Um, what was I doing? So that day, I didn't hunt in the morning, being a little lazy, kind of trying to relax before I filled my next tag, trying to figure out where I was going to go. I was at the I was at my local uh, outdoorsman shop, uh, Honey Creek Tackle, and I was picking up some lighted knocks and uh, talking to a buddy there. And my phone, my cell camera goes off. I get a text. And there's this 10 point that I've been watching 10 minutes down the road on my private. So I was <laughs> like, well, I guess my mind's made up. So I know where I'm going. <laughs> and it's, it's, I think it was like one o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. Camera goes off. And uh, so I get out there, figure out where I'm going to go. I get set up right off, right downwind off this doe bedding, uh, right over a creek crossing. And, uh, I got, I got hung up pretty quick up there. Um, there's farm equipment running the whole entire time. And I, I, November 9th, I was like, I, I want to rattle. I'm just waiting for this farm equipment to turn off. And, uh, once that guy got done bailing some hay or whatever he was doing, I said, uh, get out the antlers, rattle real quick, hang them up, grab my bow. It's like it's like I knew this deer was coming. I mean, I knew where he went and I knew where he was bedded. And uh as probably 45 seconds later, he just come right down the trail, crossed the creek, came out underneath some honeysuckles, and I mean that deer just stopped right in front of me at 10 yards. Wow. Just just <laughs> just stood there broadside waiting for me. I mean I, he was just waiting. So uh I shot him put it right behind the shoulder that deer went 75 yards died right before we got to the soybean field um that was the deer that i've been watching and been wanting to shoot and uh i i, I misjudged that deer on trail camera by by quite a few inches <laughs> <laughs> but in the end yeah i mean it's not often you get a chance to shoot three bucks like three poking young bucks in a year so no oh yeah no not even close yeah i don't know a lot of people that have ever done that really like i do but i'm trying to catch up i'm trying to catch up to dan infall dan <laughs> infall <laughs> you better get them cattails boy yeah <laughs> um so you killed an early buck though too didn't you Yes, I did. Wasn't it like a wasn't it like a uh, like a CWD deal or something like that? No, so that was a uh, it's 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 an urban spot. I okay. can't I can't give out too much information because it's oh, okay. I, All right, if I tell you, can you edit it out? Uh, I would just yeah. go ahead and yeah. not say it. Okay, yeah, <laughs> just just say yeah. say what you can, and we'll go from there. All right, so this was a, a public buck. This was on opening day. Um, me and my buddy, we were looking for a spot to go, and and uh, I just just going through my spots over my head, and I had this spot that uh, down in southern Indiana, we'll say. Um, been hunting for three years, and there's always deer, always always bucks between a hundred and and 20 and 150 sometimes 60 inches 
in this one area and it's not too far from a parking lot again but after the first three or four days it just gets destroyed we're gonna after, start after calling you the lock in, lizard they walk <laughs> Jesus. They walk past these spots, man, and they just, they just, everyone wants to go so far back. And it's, <laughs> you, know, you just got to be right there. It's just there. And, uh, cause I'm hunting in between, I'm hunting in between some food sources, uh, down in the bottom. Um, I don't know how much I can give away on this one, but it, it's mostly forest with like a river bottom. I guess. Okay. Some hilly country in there too. Um, so like I said, I didn't, I didn't have any cameras. I had no plans on hunting this place. I just knew that there was usually a lot of deer in there in the first couple of days. So I get my buddy set up on a nice ridge. That's like a, pretty much like a rep, like a rep funnel, I guess just mm-hmm. an easy hill, nice, easy spot for deer to walk up. And I got set up in the bottom where I've been seeing all most of the action. And uh I don't know if someone spooked this deer or what happened, but this deer came from from a river bottom. And uh I I guess I don't know, like I said, I don't know if someone spooked him or what, but he came he came in pretty fast. I mean it was uh I, so before that, I guess I for, I forgot my uh, bow hanger, and I was using one of those bicycle hangers mm-hmm. that you have in mm-hmm. the garage. Yeah. And the way that I put my bow on there, it got wedged in between my two limbs. So oh. <laughs> here comes this deer. That's not good. And he's he's moving, he's moving at a pretty good pace, and I and I thought that it was a doe. He stopped behind a tree for a second, and and then he stepped out, and I was like good lord i was like so i grabbed my bow because this i mean this deer had six and a half inch bases i think is what i measured them at Jeez. Wow. yeah that's a good one and i instantly knew i was like the mass on him i don't care what he has else going on i'm just i'm shooting this deer first day right right and uh my bow was wedged it's completely stuck i cannot get it to to move i have to take my focus off this deer it use two hands, grab this bow, get it off. I turn. He's he's making it to my scent trail, like where I walked in at, and he mm. ends up coming right over the scent trail mm. and immediately turns and runs. He made it about 30 yards, 25, 25, 30 yards. <clears throat> I grunted, he stopped, perfect quarter in way shot. Uh his vitals were, were a little covered up by some brush, but uh I had you know, it's pretty tall down there in that river bottom. I mean, you're talking about like three foot vegetation, four foot vegetation. Wow. And uh, put it right behind the shoulder. Honestly, it sounded like a good hit. And I, I was not sure if I even hit that deer, which is crazy because that deer crashed 30 yards away. Wow. I didn't Damn. know that down to about an hour and a half, two hours later. I stayed up in the tree, waited, gave it time. My buddy got down. We go over. We start. We, I'm up in the tree. He's walking around. I'm like, the deer was over here. We're trying to find this arrow and this tall stuff. Found the arrow, and it was just a like a bucket of paint down there. <laughs> I like those. Yeah. Easy track job. Easy track job. Man, 
So we got three bucks down. Three bucks. Yeah. That deer, he was he was a he was a big old seven point with like I said, his six and a half inch bases. Yeah, he was Man. he was a he was a nice he was a nice deer. He sco I scored him at 128. So I mean Okay. Hey. Opening day. A 10 or a 12 with bases like that. I just, you know. Sure. Oh, yeah. Hey. Great shoot. Year, if they get you going. Oh, yeah. So. I I think this hunt in uh, Ohio, I think you kind of talked me into going to Ohio. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, you, you had. <laughs> Shit, you killed a deer in almost every state in the U.S. and we're running out. So <laughs> I was like, man, I, I hunt out there. I mean, I, I, he he kind of asked me for some some advice, and um, I just say I'm not going to say what I told him, but you know, if, if I ever advise anybody, because you see people like on some of these pages, and they're like, hey, I don't want your spots, but send me your pins. Like basically, is what they're asking. <laughs> Like, hey, I don't want to steal your gas money, sweat, tick bites and all that, but tell me where I should start. It's like, well, if you just use your common sense, you know, go where nobody else wants to go or very few people want to go. And a lot of times, you know, even from listening to him, like when you listen to the end result, it's awesome. Listen to Tyler's story in Illinois for the first three days and it kind of mm -hmm. sucks a little bit you know mm -hmm. especially the first two and a half yeah. and then all of a sudden yeah we had fun but you get into them but uh I, I just flat out told him like i'll tell you that this general area i hunt and i've not had a lot of success but i have some really big deer on camera and i know while there's there's going to be a lot of pressure you're going to find way less pressure there then you're going to find it a lot mm -hmm. of those smaller WMAs and, and stuff, you know, I'm, I'm just going to shut up, but essentially uh, he, he did every, he almost did everything I wanted. He went to the other damn side of the forest and I was like, damn man. Now he's like, he might as well be in freaking Maryland by now. Like, <laughs> he's, he's way out there. Cause we, we wanted to link up and meet up and have like a beer and dinner or, you know, whatever. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'm two hours away. I'm like, holy shit, that's, <laughs> that's far. So, uh, yeah. So, anywho, continue on with your Ohio trek. So, yeah, I, Ohio trek. That was definitely not planned, but, you know, November 9th, no more tags for Indiana. And I, I can't miss the beginning of November's, right? <laughs> so, right. I arrived in, I got there November 12th, bought my tag, got out to this area, and I got there around 10 a.m., and I'm sure I probably called you about two minutes later, very overwhelmed. I had no <laughs> idea. I just, I, I walked around for a little bit, and these areas that were, from what I always look at and see, that were supposed to hold deer and traffic. Just, I was not finding what I was looking for at all. And that place is so big down there. It's just, it's big. And it's, I think 
one thing that I've found that I've learned in, in um, you know, we can we can safely say that if we can call it hill country, it's hill country. Yeah. Have mm-hmm. fun finding it the entire eastern side of Ohio. Go ahead. Um, so <laughs> hill country does not typically hold water. There's a lot of flint, a uh, lot of um, like shoal or whatever that is down in the creek. Shale. Shale. Shoal. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> shale, uh, limestone, stuff like that. And the only places that have water are the creeks down in the drainages. So up there on the top there and the top of the ridges, like there's basically no moisture. So you don't really get to see the sign that you're used to seeing in, you know, the rolling hill areas and the flat country and swamp Mm -hmm. country and stuff. They just don't cut it there. And I remember the farm I got out there, I'm running corn piles and I'm like, where in the hell are the deer coming from? There's no trails. There's no nothing. No. And so later on that year, I figured it out though, because once you get into like December, January, and finally you get a little bit of snow and a bunch of rain, then they'll cut some trails. But I remember, I remember talking with him and I'm like, thank God he feels like this. Cause I still feel like this out there. Like it's freaking nuts. They don't lay down the sign, but the one thing I've uh, figured out is in hill country, if you really find any sign when it comes to like tracks and stuff, it's probably hit pretty good. If you find a few tracks, you probably have a pretty solid traffic area. So, Well, that's exactly right. And like you said, all of eastern Ohio is like that way. And it's like crazy. You, you'll get pictures of deer like once I mean, maybe once a month or once every seven days, because what those deer will do is they'll get up and they'll just walk on top of the ridges and they'll come down when they need to, but like they'll go, they'll go into river bottoms and they'll, they'll get their drink or whatever. But, you know, typically, you know, when you get into the woods of Eastern Ohio, you're not going to find massive amounts of sign concentrated. And if you do, like you said, there's a ton of deer moving through there and it's moving through there regularly. And generally it's near a, a serious bedding area. And and that's the other thing. Like I've been in hill country in Kentucky where I kind of confirmed my thought that I just shared, but there were a lot of deer down there. Like I, yeah. I put up cameras without bait, of course, since it's public and you'd have shit. I think a couple of the different cameras had the same bucks on it and, I think we had like seven or eight bucks in one spot and then does mm-hmm. and babies and stuff. And, um, you know, out in Eastern Ohio, enjoy that deer density. The low, yeah. <laughs> the, like Ohio is a very low population state in general. When you get to Eastern Ohio, it's terrible. Like, well, it, and it's funny because like every, you know, you could read any magazine that you want and it's like they make it seem like there's monster deer lurking behind every tree in Ohio. <laughs> and it's, it's yeah. just it's not that way. No. Um, like you're you're going to be lucky. Like I, I hunt Ohio for, uh, you know, a bow weekend in November every year. And we have nice bucks on camera every year. But guess what happens when th- that time of year hits? Like everybody from North Carolina, everybody from you know uh, Connecticut and New York and PA. the eastern PA, the eastern seaboard, they all come there and they're like, 
running around the woods. So if you don't have a spot that you know is is a good spot, like you kind of have to start from scratch. And then it can be extremely overwhelming because you have I know I've talked specifically with guys who come to the place where we hunt and they're like, well, where should I start? I'm like, I don't know the trailhead over there, like over there, the trailhead, <laughs> like, dude, walk, walk around like it, it's hit or miss depending upon what year you're here. And like if there's a ton of guys here or not. Yeah. And I yeah. think a lot of people don't, they, you get all these people from all these States. They're like, Oh, we have so much pressure and you have none. And you're like, dude, we're a premier big deer state and we're the closest premier big deer state to mm -hmm. the masses and we're and the cheapest. Oh, oh by the way, oh, yeah. and we don't cost $500. We're half that basically. So yeah, everybody comes here and people, more people, thanks THP, will be headed to Indiana, I'm sure, <laughs> as as it goes. Um, they're the reason that I decided to go to Kentucky. So I thought, oh, cool, I'm going to kill a velvet buck. And a little idiot lost his velvet like probably that same day or the day before. They all they all seemed to lose their velvet on opening day last year when yeah. we, <laughs> oh my we God. saw them. That was ridiculous. So uh, I still have bad dreams about that. Just wanted to take a second to tell you about all our other content. If you're on Facebook, head on over to the Field by the Outdoors Facebook page. We currently have over 18,000 members of people who love the outdoors, from the mobile hunter all the way to the hiking enthusiast. Come interact and talk all things outdoors with a robust community of people. Fan of product reviews, fishing, hunting videos? Go check out the Fueled by the Outdoors YouTube channel. If there's any topic or content you would like for us to cover, just send us a message. And if you like what you're seeing and hearing, then hit that join or subscribe button. We hope all our content fuels your passion for the outdoors. So, um, we talked a little bit. I kind of, you know, told you what it, at least what I know. And then tell us about how you went about making your decision from there on where to go. Well, that really started um, days before I got there. So after I killed that book, my last book in Indiana, and after talking with you, I think that that day or the next day, I just got on Onyx and I just just started going through that area and just pretty much just dropping pins on anything that I thought was going to be high traffic areas. And I dropped, I dropped quite a few pins and I knew that the more pins I had, the, the better chances I was going to have of, of looking, you know, at finding what I was looking for. And uh, just basically looking at saddles, looking, uh, just looking at the terrain, the, the lines, top, topography, um, looking for those wagon wheel effects where you have a lot of them intersect. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And so after getting off phone with you, I just kept going through, just checking pin after pin. And I, I want to say it was number six towards the towards the end of the end of the day, probably four o'clock in that evening, afternoon. Found a spot, 
and it wasn't wasn't too bad of a walk in. It was it was definitely a a lot steeper than Indiana. <laughs> yes, Chris, you call them hills, but they're compared to Indiana, yeah. they're like mountains. So yeah, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll call them mountains too. They're the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains, and they're yeah, they they're, are. So they're pretty steep, and then the things that people nobody tells you this part how there's like all those little broken brick looking rocks everywhere on the ground covered by wet leaves because nothing ever dries there and like you you well i won't say you i fall a lot and slip a lot like there's (laughs) wet ground here and there where you know just the tiniest little bit of dirt is wet on top and then you try to go up and then you come back down basically uh it's it's very very unforgiving terrain for the east i'll say mm-hmm. yeah for one of the steep places that i hunt i can usually with my pack with my tree stand and sticks i can go up the hill without taking a break I'm pretty sure I had to take like three or four breaks before I even made it to where I was going. <laughs> mm-hmm. it was, yeah, pretty steep. So found this spot, just a lot of intersecting lines. And I'm pretty sure, again, I, you know that area. You've seen a picture mm-hmm. of it at least. And it's just one of those spots where it just, it just looks like everything's right. Everything just flows right. Just, just how the saddles come together in that area. And just it just looks like it's going to be a high traffic area. So when I got in there, that was one of the first spots that I saw cut trails. It was one of the first spots, and that's when I was like, "Well, walk about a thousand yards back, or whatever the walk was, back to the truck, grab my stand." And uh, I hung my stand probably about three quarters of the way up of that of that uh, hill right there in between two saddles. And uh, I mean, within 20 minutes, I had a deer in front of me. It was just yeah. just one of those spots. Um, towards the end of the evening, I had a a nice a nice buck that I, I definitely would have shot come out of the bottom that evening, come right up. And I thought he was gonna come right to the saddle that I was sitting on and he went up the hill on the other side to the saddle that I was sitting across from. Man. So I decided right then and there, that's, you know, obviously that's where I was going to spend, spend the next day at least, the next morning. Um, so then November 13th, uh, I get out there in the morning, walking up the hill. Is I think that was the day, that was the day that it snowed. We had a little bit of snow yep. come in. Mm-hmm. Dust. Mm-hmm. And uh, perfect morning except I was a little late to get to the spot, new to the area. GPS doesn't work. Got nope. turned around, ended up, finding my, ended up finding the area where I could park. Got out there. Sun was already already coming up as I'm climbing up the tree, getting my stand home. And uh, from, from what I learned the night before, I moved my stand about 75 yards down, down the hill to where that buck was using that trail the <laughs> night before and uh man it was just right off the bat i don't think i saw a deer there under 
120 inches. I mean, it's just, just dude. Nice. You, you had like, you got my attention. That's for sure. Uh, like literally for two or three days in a row, he's just like sending me all these videos and I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> How are you seeing all these deer? Like I go out there, these guys know I'll go out there. Of course. Trounce around I, for five I, hours. Well, I finally quit hunting the damn private farm though. I, I had Good. to, I had to pull myself off there because I'd go throw corn down and I'd have <laughs> just pictures of amazing deer. And, and I will say there's probably been since 2017, I can tell you there's been one legitimate time that I, if I knew what I know now, I could have hunted a deer is a not Coba, the nine pointer mm-hmm. in some of our YouTube videos and the intros and stuff. Big, about 160, 165 inch nine. I could have hunted that deer. He was bedding there. No question. Like, sub 100 yards from the camera bedded but that was during that was literally a time i had some guys come up to hunt with me from georgia and i was like well i'm gonna try to hunt this spot in gun season and it's 85 degrees all week so there's not there's no sense in even going here right well i go back after they leave and check the cameras and i'm like beside myself that deer was there he was there in daylight quite a bit wasn't he He was there two three four times a day and not not at first and last light he was there at eight and 10 30 and two and 4 30 and i'm like yeah oh my god i I remember this it's when we had that heat wave in november right oh it was a it's like yeah Yeah. it's the first week of november and because that's when i passed uh a big three-year-old two days in a row oh yeah was that yep. 2020 2020 yeah. yeah so that's the only deer that i can say that i could have legitimately hunted the rest of them you're literally trying to win the damn lottery so mm-hmm. i finally got away from that and uh re- really last year was the first year that i've even tried to play with that at all and we i mean we walked around during gun season and stuff and um i think i hunted the public uh maybe twice last year once or twice mm-hmm. and uh i don't even I, I think i sat the private once or something like that it's just to me it's not worth it so but this year you know after talk I, I met a guy there um that's actually john who's on our team as well um and then you know talking with jake and of course you know learning what you did I'm going to go hunt the public out there and set cams and look for beds. Cause they're that, that private farm, that's just a waste of your time pretty much. Um, so yeah, yeah I mean, I feel, go ahead. I feel like the, the tactics that you were using Tyler are pretty good for out there, especially with it being a low density area, oh. you kind of have to find those topographical features where you would kind of suspect that are high traffic areas. So like you said, you were using, areas where there was a couple different saddles dropping down into an area or those uh i guess secondary ridges or fingers coming down forming like a hub just just things that look like they're high traffic and if if you find actual sign when you get in those areas whether it be tracks or out there i feel like 
scrapes, especially the time of year you were there. Like if you find a fresh scrape, like it's being used. Uh, I think those deer really rely on um, those to communicate just because it's such a low density. Like you'll get bucks that'll travel a lot more and looking for does and that. And you, yeah. you know what's funny about it is too, is we're talking about deer density and the whole time I'm like, bro, where are you hunting? Cause <laughs> you're seeing deer after deer after deer. And I'm like, God dang, dude, you're killing it out there. So yeah, you, yeah. Continue on with your story, man. We didn't even really let you nope. finish. I don't think nope. we're not to the, we're not to the juice yet. No. So let's see. We were uh, coming up, uh, hanging a stand. Sun was just coming up. Yeah, snow covered ground, and I I was out there late on a day that I probably shouldn't have been because it was just a perfect morning out there, just calm as could be, cold, snowy. Um, so I get hung up, and I actually move my stand. I can't remember if it was about fifty to seventy-five yards down towards where they were favoring that other saddle. And uh, so I get moved down over there and uh, I don't, I don't know if I saw any, I don't know if I saw any deer right off the bat in the morning. I'm pretty sure the first deer I saw, I had two does come running up out of the bottom of the ridge. Just, I mean, you could just hear them just crashing down the other hillside, coming down, coming through. And these two does come up and then I see a buck come up and I was like, I was trying to get a good look at him. It was probably nine o'clock in the morning. And second buck come up over the hill. And when that second deer came over the hill, I was just like, I, you just, you know, you get that feeling. You're like that deer, that's a shooter. Like I didn't yep. have to think twice about it. And these does, they come running around and they actually took a different trail that wide off and took the other saddle the one that i moved from so but the way the way that i positioned myself i kind of positioned myself three quarters of the way down and kind of like in between them so if i had to i could take a 30 yard shot that way and a 20 yard shot to the other to the other saddle and uh those two those they come right by me and i got this big this big eight point probably a I don't, I don't even know. I, it's probably one of the biggest eight-pointers I've ever seen. I mean, he had to be at least 140, 145. I mean, he was. He's a good, he's a yeah. damn good deer. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he was 140. But so this buck, this smaller buck is coming right for me. I mean, he's coming, like he's just going to come right down the trail. And this, this eight-pointer behind him, the big one, he's just pushing him around. He's trying to get him off these does. And he gets this little buck turn around, going the other way. I call him little buck. He's probably 100, 100 inch, 120 inch. I just, I don't know. But he got him turned around, and they started working directly away from me. And my, at the whole time, my heart is just like sinking, and I'm just watching this deer <laughs> walk away. And I don't know how much time they spent over there. It had a, it felt like it was 10, 15 minutes. I mean, they were just, I was standing there had the camera on, trying to have the tactic cam going, getting footage of him, of him dogging that buck, just just pushing him around, trying to get him out of the area. And he finally, he turned back around, like he was going to uh, head back to where he came from. And he starts, end up walking down this trail. And uh, I thought he was going to turn 
to the left, but he actually he followed the trail right where the does came through. And I had a picture perfect shot at 20 yards. And I don't know what it was. Sitting there watching him for 15, 20 minutes, I mean, my nerves were just, I mean, I was, I couldn't even stand up without, I mean, I was just shaking. I was all over the place. And I was talking to myself, breathing, going through my count. And he's he's walking up. He's getting ready to walk out to the the tree that I had marked at 20 yards, my rangefinder. And as soon as he gets to that tree, I'm already drawn. And I grunt. He stops, looks right at me. And I'm sitting there, take a breath. And I let the air go. And, I mean, I thought I had, I honestly, I thought that deer was going to go 20 yards and fall over. This deer runs 30 yards and he stops. And when he stops there, his tail, he's doing the, the uh, mm. death wobble. And I'm like, this deer is going to crash right here. And I'm so excited. I'm sitting there watching this deer. His head goes down. He's just sitting down, his head down. He's probably 65, 60 yards out. He ran about probably 40 yards and stopped. And he's sitting there doing that. And I'm just sitting there watching, trying to keep eye on where he goes. And he just continues to walk down down this ridge and i'm like all right any second now and when we got to the 100 when he got to about 100 yards i was like when is this going to happen i mean he's just walking so slow his head down goes up and over the hill and he disappears and i think that's when i called called chris i was i was definitely worried about the shot after watching what i saw but the tail flicker i just the I thought that was always like a for sure thing. You know, I've never seen a deer not die when they do that. And uh, so I get down from my stand and I go over and try to find the arrow and I end up finding the arrow. And when I found that arrow, my heart sank, man. It's the whole entire arrow with the in, I, with everything but the insert. I mean, it had broke off. Mm. The broadhead. Uh. So I knew right away, I was like, man, off shoulder, Probably not. Probably not even getting that. I'm probably just got the whole shoulder there, and uh, so I end up. I don't. I can't remember how long I waited, but I ended up getting down, taking the stand down, and I actually had to walk out of the woods because if I didn't walk out of the woods, I was going to go trail that deer. I just it's bad yeah. habit. Mm-hmm. So I end up getting out of the woods. That I want to say it's two hours, three hours later. I go and. I get on this blood trail and this blood trail is like 10 inches foot wide. Maybe. I mean, it's just blood just everywhere. And I was just like, well, that deer can't be far. I'll just go real slow. So I go real slow following this blood trail for about, about a hundred, 115, 120 yards, get to the top of the hill where it starts to come down and I can see a bed down there. It's probably 10 yards away from me in a, thorn bush uh, thicket and I get over there and there's like two drops of blood in this bed and after that there's nothing oh man I searched that entire hillside I think I came I mean I searched all day I came back actually to look for a body I think the following week after I searched for two days for this deer yeah that's That's rough yeah, it's, it's never fun losing a losing a deer like that, but no, uh, no, it's not. I understand the feeling of searching and searching for a deer. 
I, I still feel like that deer is dead. So, I mean, that deer, I feel like that deer maybe went a thousand yards and died. I don't, <laughs> maybe not, maybe he did. I'm going to laugh when we get him on camera this year. <laughs> with a big ass mark on his shoulder, and he's like, I would be happy. Oh, hell happy. yeah. For sure. Those deer are so tough. What's that? But those deer are so tough. <clears throat> oh, yeah. They are. They can, they can definitely make it through a lot. Uh, and I would feel a lot better about a deer. So I feel a lot better about uh, a deer making it with a shoulder shot than I do like when you described everything you described and I remember thinking this as I'm like dragging my deer that that day um I was like man he he had to hit the liver because I've had I used to be like the liver king I'd hit those they they're not always the guy on TikTok and not the guy on Instagram <laughs> yeah <laughs> didn't know that was a thing um they were always quartering too and I'm like, well, he's not just going to spread his legs and lay on his back. Like, you you better take a shot or you're not going to have it. Um, you know, they're artists at figuring you out. So I'd take the shot. And then there's this epic journey that I go on to recover a damn deer. And uh, I, I always saw the same thing. Run about 60 yards, roughly. Stop. Look like they're going to tip. Wag their tail and slowly walk off and you're sitting there like what just happened what in the hell so when you describe that to me i'm like oh liver we'll just back out and you know, we'll go find him you know tomorrow morning or whatever and then when you described your arrow i'm like ah that's not a liver uh-oh yeah so there's a solid chance that that deer is alive especially with the amount of searching you did then and later on now you didn't go back to shed hunt that or anything, did you? You didn't try to find like a deadhead in the winter. Or... Okay. I wanted, uh, but I just I never got the time, man. I had I had yeah, I was finding too much here to go anywhere else. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, maybe maybe you'll get him on camera this year. We'll have to hook up and do some <clears throat> some summer scouting out that way. Yeah, uh, you know, here soon, really, and um bring your permethrin yeah <laughs> yeah you guys yeah. Bring, a lot earlier too doesn't it yeah y'all are october 1st aren't you yeah we're a week earlier basically we're the fourth oh, okay. saturday in september um not, that's why i'm not, like we're not a week early we're like a few days yeah i mean i think we're the 23rd or 24th this year <clears throat> So what is that on? Oh uh, yeah, okay. So yeah, this year we're we're about a week. Would be a week, my brother. Well, good deal. You're gonna have to get out here early and do some summer scouting and look for it, and maybe you'll find it. I mean, Josh, you found. I hope. I hope Josh, he does Josh not. Found I, that head. I hope he finds a picture of it. I hope he gets a video of the damn thing a little bit. I mean, that, and, that's that's ideal. Like, yeah. let, let's hope that that's the case, and that. You know this deer is still walking around out there and you get a second shot at it of redemption i yeah i don't i don't know how much time to spend in that area uh you remember that picture i sent you chris of that that uh i don't know 160 inch 170. oh the video you sent me yeah yeah that's probably what i'm gonna spend some time on <laughs> yeah that makes sense yep i'd be I, so i'd probably set up 
I'd be setting up for that spot for the rut, and then I'd be looking for some early season action too. Because, like, you come out here and hunt with us the first weekend, and we could legitimately put tags on some good deer. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. I got uh, that V2 buck that I've been watching for four years. Oh, damn it. <laughs> well, you're not you're not going to be able to hunt him yet, though. He's on he's on private, so yeah, you won't be able to hunt him. Why? Well, because we'll be in a week before you. Oh yeah, yeah. Nanny nanny boo boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like your deer, co uh, your Coba deer. I mean, I've yeah. been watching this deer, and he just he is always on camera. So I need to go check those cameras uh, this weekend for sure. Cause he's he made it. He dropped a shed in front of my camera this year. Oh, oh wow! On camera in front of the camera. yeah, great. That's pretty cool. Could make it easier. Man. So video mode? No, I wish. I wish it was. We got to convert you. We're going to convert you. <laughs> Always run video mode. Battery life though. I don't have to change my battery so much. Yeah. Well, are you running yeah. it over bait? You can't bake yeah. it, can you? I, oh, you in can. The, in the wintertime. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. But during shed season, I dump as much corn as I can because I, I I, want all the sheds. Concentrate them. I feel. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It makes it a lot easier on me. All right. Good deal. Less miles on the legs. So, yeah. so this deer is basically going to like – keep us from getting to deer hunt together is what you're saying i hope not. I, I hope october 1st man he was uh i think the first two or three days of october last year he was walking around my tree stand so jeez oh yeah. fingers crossed uh, man yeah i love from ridge to ridge so let us pray yeah. man See, I, I like that historical data so i always like to keep that stuff in mind yep it's definitely some good stuff to have for sure oh yeah and we so, got. A, I got a. I was showing a picture to Chris the other day. I've got yeah. a deer that's been on camera three years in a row, the same three days every single year, and he's yeah. just gotten. He's just gotten bigger every. He's and he big. Oh, he's big, and he only shows up those three days. Those are the only three days I've ever had that deer on camera, but they are the same three days every year. Dude, it's nuts. I would not only make sure that i was there in those three days i would not put a single preset anything there i would only be mobile and i would access it this is this is the biggest part i would access it the stupidest way imaginable that you've never done your dad hasn't done nobody's access from that point. which would be down over the top yeah like and it's probably going to be way harder but yep. i would do that because generally, when you do something like that, that's when he's like, oh, yeah, it's still safe. Comes waltzing in and you <laughs> tag his ass. But when we you come into the same spot, he's, he's, bedded, he's bedded there to, to intercept you, either via vision or wind or whatever. And yep. you don't want that. So We can only hope for this God, year. I hope you kill that deer. Uh, I'll lose my mind if I do. Laugh and cry with you. Yep um well we got any any concluders i think we let our guests go first yeah all right let's uh we'll, we'll let uh um, not josh josh you're not the guest this week 
what what are your what are your takeaways or or uh, anything any words of wisdom from Tyler Wastel? Is that French, by the way? <laughs> no, no, I don't think it is. It's uh, dear Tay. Um, <laughs> words of wisdom, man. Uh, e scouting that is e scouting and cell cameras. I, mean, I feel like the more scouting you do online, breaking down properties and just spending time looking. You're just you're gonna run into accidentally looking at a map. You're gonna bump into those areas. You're gonna find those those gold spots. All right. He's scouting. Yosh with the soft J. <laughs> Man, uh, I hope at some point we can have you back on again, Tyler, because there's other things I'd like to pick your brain about that we didn't really get into detail on. Like some of those overlooked, just shitty spots that are just hard to get to. Because I'm, I've seen some of the same things at places I've, I've hunted. So it's mm -hmm. it'd be nice to kind of break that down. And hell, I was listening to, uh, what was I listening to? Whitetail Legacy podcast, I think. I don't know if you listen to those guys or not, but they were talking about the same thing. These little overlooked spots, just super tough to get into or tough to hunt and that's where they're finding some of these some of these larger deer so um, hopefully we can have you back on again at some point before the season um so my concluders are i lost my train of thought uh, i would have I think there's nobody on them <laughs> i uh, i would have to agree with tyler this is something that i am doing more as well especially for summer scouting um it's just e-scouting right getting a line looking at maps the more that you look at maps uh the more comfortable you get with looking at them and, and finding those uh topographical features that may um hold deer or funnel deer in a certain location kind of like tyler was saying earlier those those higher traffic areas um you know for a higher percentage chance of of getting a shot at a, at a deer or a buck so i would say Definitely during your summer scouting, you should be including that e-scouting um, to make for a more efficient season. Good deal. I agree. Chris? Uh, well, I'll throw down something that I kind of learned. I mean, it's not that anybody doesn't know it probably, but um, it kind of hit home with me when I linked up with Jake he talked about how he scouted like 20 times more than he hunts. Um, and when you, and when you listen to podcasts that have um, Andy may, Andy may is like when it comes to getting it done, basically anywhere, he's, he's the guy. Um, when you listen to podcasts with him and, a lot of these other guys that get it done, they're scouting two, three, four days really before they're hunting. A lot of times they're, they're getting stuff lined up and everything. So I would suggest that people really put a lot of emphasis on scouting. Um, even on their, you know, Tyler talked about um, how he'd walk in and scout and then decide like, Oh, this place is good let's go get our stand or whatever. And, you know, part of me is like, oh man, you didn't take your stand. But if you go to five spots and none of them are good and 
you come back out, well, you've expended a lot more energy and time and everything and probably going to cost you a little more money and food if you're me. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, scout, 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 scouts your butt off, uh, and scout smart. They, they talked about e-scouting. I've basically been going through, uh, me and Tyler Sparks are getting together this Sunday and going to go scout some public. And, uh, I've basically kind of done what Tyler talked about. I'm looking at all these spots, uh, on the topo maps and everything. And, lining things up and then I'm going to go hit all of those and figure out what's good. What I think is good for early season, hang a few cams and be ready for, for their opening weekish as well. Um, so yeah, that's my concluder. Scout your ass off. Good deal. Um, I've got a correction before a concluder. Oh. So last week I said that Kentucky's deer season begins on uh, September the 2nd. If you do that, you're going to get a citation from a game warden. It's September 3rd. It's uh, Saturday, September 3rd. That is that is uh, opening day of Kentucky deer season. So do not govern yourselves. Please follow the regs. Um, <laughs> I've <have> a... <laughs> I've got a few. I've got a few conclusions actually. Uh, same as always. If you have the ability to get somebody in the outdoors, please take them uh, out there. Um, I was listening to a podcast recently uh with cam haynes and he made he made a really good statement and he said uh are are you out there to kill or are you out there to have fun oh and, and i think that you know he tells a story of you know like when he's camping with uh his buddy and they're freezing their asses off in the in the middle of a snowstorm and he looks at him he goes are you having fun and he goes no but he goes, when we kill something and we were able to brag about it to everybody, that's going to be a whole lot of fun. And we can tell everybody about it. So, you know, choose wisely when you're choosing your hunts. Um, are you going out there to have fun or are you going out there to kill? And, you know, it, it's a real simple kind of set uh, statement that you can ask yourself is, are you going to shoot the first thing that walks in front of you? Or are you going to shoot something that you're waiting on? And I think that's an important distinction that you want to make before you go somewhere. And neither is wrong. Both, both ways are good hunts. Both ways are good ways of going about stuff. But certainly if you're targeting a specific year, you know, make sure that you got that in your mind. But if you're going out there to be a freezer filler, me, um, who'll take the first thing that walks <laughs> in front of you, especially a doe, uh, you know, go about it that way. Remind yourself, you get, I think it was Don Higgins that we had on here. He got real good at shooting deer by killing a lot of deer early on, like shooting mm -hmm. a lot of small deer to get to a big deer. Not every deer is going to be 140 or 50 inches, but you know what? Um, if you scout right, obviously, and if you uh, have good buddies, you can get in areas that have a lot of those deer. So be advised by that kind of stuff. And with that, this has been Fueled by the Outdoors. We've been your hosts, Rick Cates and Chris Leppert. We've been joined tonight by Tyler Westell and Josh Luck. Guys, thanks for joining us. Have a great evening. Bye. See you. See you.